Welcome to Mind Shift to Health and Wealth podcast, a guide to transforming your life. Here we explore powerful lessons in health and wealth because without health, wealth holds little value. I'll share personal insights and enlightening conversations with experts. Each episode is a step towards your success, offering lessons from my experiences and wisdom from others. Love what you hear? Share it and visit mindshifthw.com for more. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hey everyone, it's in the third series, well, no, fourth or fifth series in the health uh, cast I started doing, and this will complete the series. So welcome to Mind Shift to Health and Wealth, and wrapping it up with three topics that I'm going to cover that I have, I do. Again, remember all this series is about how you know I do things and what I found effective. So this is something to keep in mind. It doesn't mean that it works for everybody, but I believe this is the holistic approach with variations works will work for everybody. So you have to see what's the right fit for you within this probably stuff I'm going to share. Go to mindshifthw.com to get all these in the article forms and also extra material as far as my eating schedule and everything. If you want more information, you'll also have a contact form. If you wish to contact me, maybe set up a time to talk to me, get my input. I will probably have some webinars, free webinars where people come and ask questions in the future if there is enough interest, but we'll see about that. So let's get into it. Uh, the first topic I'm going to cover is, is fasting, uh, especially intermittent fasting. Let's go behind the science behind fasting and the actual facts. So going back to hundreds of years, thousands of years, you know, human beings, most of their evolution barely could find food enough to eat and they were not eating so many times you know very little limited amount of time to eat and limited food to eat uh, not this much variety processed obviously everything was natural so guess what our bodies have adapted to that particular eating till i don't know 100 something years since last 100 years or so when the food now has 100 to 200 maybe you know maybe 200 years max i would say that food has become abandoned it's abundant especially last i don't know 50 60 years probably is the all the processed food preservation food preservation which includes a lot of unpronounceable names so on right we'll talk about food later but basically the fact is we're able to eat food whenever we want to now versus, you know, having a specific times and difficult to get the food. Now we're able to food, eat food whenever we want. For generations or thousands of years, human beings maybe were able to eat one meal or two meals a day, max, right? That's a history. And maybe even sometimes no meal a day, right? I mean, like, pick whatever they could eat whatever they could gather, hunter-gatherers time, right? Thousands of years, hunter-gatherers, then the farming, even with farming, it was limited amount of food, so on. So there's a clearly timeline where 
we had to fast. We just didn't have the food to eat or didn't couldn't just cook the food or find the food, grab the food and eat, you know, whenever we wanted to. Even fruits like off the trees, right? We got to go find it. There was a limited amount of time. And that's where, you know, the whole thing fasting, intermittent fasting is effective because it mimics that time period, what our bodies have been used to doing so far. The hundreds of thousands of years, what our DNA or, you know, biology has adapted, our body's biology has adapted to. The other factor is, just like every body part in ours needs a rest, our tummy needs a rest. You know, it needs time to process the food. So more you keep continuously feeding, the less rest it gets and less efficient it is to process the food you have. And that's the, you know, kind of the basics of, I would say, science, you know, if you just think logically, right? Don't even have to go behind the science. Just think about it, the chronology of events and chronology of time and how human beings evolved and how farming came about and how we became hunter-gatherers to farming, to industry, industrial revolution now, um, to the internet revolution, right? Well, AI now, so AI revolution which will make it even far easier to get food probably in the future. So that's why it's critical to remember that food was not abundant, abundant and not available anytime you want. Now, as far as, you know, intermittent fasting, the timeline, it varies. I find, I, you know, there are too many, there are too many variations, too many things. So it, it all depends on your comfort level. One other thing I would uh, caution also is men versus women. Both biologies are different. The cycles are different. Dr. Mindy, uh, look her up. I forgot her first name. Dr. Mindy, she is a great one to watch or listen to about women's rhythm when it comes to intermittent fasting, thinking they can do it exactly the same way as men. It's not true. Hormonal cycles are different, so they crave different things, evidently. Uh, according to the biology, certain foods. So you have to pay attention to that. So everybody is not the same. Uh, you got to pay. So most people do 16 to 18 hours. I think that's the most, you know, 16 hours fasting. Whoever do it does intermittent fasting. Most famous is 16 by eight. 16 hours fasting, eight hours. I mean, eight hours feeding. One meal, two meals. At least minimum two meals, I think, within the eight hours is the most normal intermittent fasting is 18 hours is obviously 18 hours fasting and six hours feeding. Same thing, probably two meals, right? And then the rare ones are 20 to 24 hours fasting, like 24 within 24 hours, they only eat one meal, um, 20 hours. Now I do 20 hours fasting and four hours feeding. Technically, it varies between 20 to 21 hours and three to three and a half hours is what, what I feed. Within that period, I'm eating four different things, like my fast with the juice and then a salad. Again, in the food, I'll get into that, you know, the whole thing. And then I kind of a drink a decaffeinated coffee, Swiss water processed organic caffeine is good for your gut in limited quantities. If it's organic, a non-chemical processed, 
So those are things important, right? But then over caffeinated will lead to less loss of sleep and all that stuff. Anyway, we'll get that into the food portion, right? Uh, and then I eat my, you know, whatever meal uh, that day I have planned for. So that's my regimen. But every week, I follow 36 hour, 36 to 40 hour fasting, water only fasting. I Sunday evening, whatever meal, by 5, 6, I'm done. And then Tuesday morning, around 8 o'clock or so, 8, 9, I break the fast with the juice again. That I do every week. That's a bit extreme right? Most people won't do it. It's not that it's recommended, but that, you know, if you can do it, it's, you know, you, you're going to get great results. At least I have great results with it. Uh, again, word of caution, what works for me might not work for you. So you have to listen to your body about this, all this. You got to experiment. But the bottom line is, regardless of intermittent fasting or not, Science has found at least giving your body 12 to 14 hours break between eating from evening to morning is highly, highly, highly recommended. If not, you're not you're not doing your body good, your gut good. So maybe eat your last meal at five or six and then uh, six or seven, whatever. And then morning, next morning, at least wait till the 12 hour period. 12 to 14 hours period, and then break your fast with whatever you're going to do. Um, so that at least the minimal recommended for anybody to do. And then as far as uh, you know, long-term fasting and all that goes, I've done even seven-day water-only fasting, did it the wrong way and kind of got affected as far as uh, five, five, sixth and seventh day was very, very tough for me. But I did it wrong. Normally, when you do fasting or that extended fasting, you're not supposed to do exercises um, and also supposed to rest a lot. I recommend the book called Pleasure, Pleasure, Pleasure Trap by Alan Goldman about that water-only fasting or fasting, you know, um, fasting effects, right? Um, but anyway, so, so one of the things that happens for fasting to remember is autophagy. Autophagy is your body or self-eating essentially that's what it's called what it what means so your body is eating all the blood i'm sorry bad blood <laughs> bad cells or dead cells and rejuvenating them and feeding it and rejuvenating so that also produces stem cells so the longer you go more stem cells are produced which automatically repair your body so that also reverses your age so when you do like a seven day water only fasting it, it is incredible how much change you can see as far as the body is concerned, like how it rejuvenates you and reverses your age. Um, again, I highly recommend reading that book or following doctor's orders, whatever, not doing anything. What, if you're doing water-only fasting, uh, people do bone, bone broth and all that stuff between the fasting. I, from what I know, from what I read, those are pretty good. But the most effective is water-only fasting if you want real results, which actually cures like things like diabetes completely. It doesn't matter what type of diabetes is. And even cancer. There's studies done and experiments done, and it does. Maybe not the advanced level. Again, you know, I would recommend reading these books and 
the book I recommended and also watching some podcast and re- research, your own research, the extended water fasting, water only fasting. So that's critical in the in my opinion to do fasting of some form, at least the minimum 12, 12 hours for your long-term gut health, which gut pretty much controls every disease. Sugar, you know, you know, diabetes is or the sugar causes a lot of stuff. And if you don't give your body a rest or gut a rest, that converts most of the food into potentially sugar or you know, glucose, right? Uh, again, you can do research on it. You go Google it. You'll find a lot of content with it. You know, I would say multiple people and gather that information instead of just listening to one person and say, oh, I found the exception, right? There's always exceptions and simply, you don't, you don't want to go with one person saying something different unless there's multiple signs saying the same thing. So now let's get into, that's about fasting. So again, go to mindshifthealthhw.com to get more info or, you know, if you want to message me and get more information on any, anything you would like to know, I'm more than happy to help. Uh, Next is food. Now, the important thing about food is organic, period. That's very, very important. As much organic food as you can eat. And the other thing to remember is each person is diff- different in what food works for them, what food doesn't work for them. Meat, plant-based, whatever. It's not same for everybody. Your body is different. It's unique. Your ancestry, where you grew up, all that factors into it, Right. So you got to remember that, like if your generations of vegetarians and you know plant-based, then plant-based probably is best for you because that's adapted because I've done everything. I've done 100% raw, organic, plant-based, no cooked. Now I did that 70, 30%. That means like they were four or five days. I only eat raw, organic stuff. And then two, three days I ate cooked. And I've done mixed, right? Mostly plant-based, organic, right? So all that, what I found is there's no one magic bullet. But one thing that is true from every studies and all the information I've seen on all the experts talk is that organic is the number one. Even if you eat meat, grass-fed, organic, natural is the number one critical thing. And the other thing is vegetables and fruits. Organic vegetables are a must. More raw organic vegetables and fruits you eat, the better. And again, there's some fruits and vegetables that won't work for you. Again, it's you got to figure it out by your body type, right? What you know, listen to your body. For example, for me, grapes, high sugar, no, no matter organic, you know, natural, whatever, for me, it doesn't work. I just figured that out that when I eat, you know, grapes, it's uh, too much for me. Even if I, you know, don't eat any other, you know, sweet content. But then if I eat, you know, maple syrup or I don't know, dates or whatever, high kind of sweet fruits, 
that works just fine for me. No, no problem. And I've heard some people have issues with carrots, you know, spikes up their sugar. So you don't know. So it's all like your, you know, body and biology. So you might want to get tested. There's a great uh, um, product called Wyom where you can get tested, a complete check, including your gut bacteria and everything to see, figure out which foods work for you. I haven't done it myself. But that's one of the things I want to do eventually. But, you know, somebody is getting into this healthy habits. That's one. So for me personally, what I do is I break my fast with celery juice or beet, apple, asparagus juice. And every day I break the fast with the juice, except Saturday. And then I wait 40 minutes, 30 to 40, 45 minutes or so before I eat my salad. Celery juice, you know, replenish your acidity and breaks down the food properly. By the way, FII, if you're first time drinking 100% pure, pure organic celery juice, cold pressed, you might be going to the bathroom multiple times. <laughs> it flushes out your tummy. Uh, same thing with beet. If you drink 100% beetroot juice, anytime you have constipa constipation or anything like that, and wait for a half an hour, 45 minutes, You'll be flushing things out. <laughs> uh, I would recommend organic, anything organic. So anyway, juice, and then I eat a salad. I include rainbow colors, every color possible. Go to mindshifthw.com. Mind There's an article. I put it put it out for my weekly regiment. That's not 100% detail, but it gives you the general idea on what I do. Because there's too much information. I might be writing an ebook maybe in the future to kind of detail, give some recipes, all that stuff in the future for people who want to have everything in one place and get some ideas and maybe follow some recipes and all that stuff. Because even my salad, what I would say is salad dressing is raw, organic. Now, other part, other food items I would say is, you know, I be, you know, I already kind of mentioned, you know, I eat a salad and then a coffee with some snacks. Basically, it's raw sweet potato chips, essentially sliced raw with the guac or hummus I make myself. Uh, and then, you know, then I eat my food, whatever that that food is, mostly plant based, and some eggs. Sometimes I break the fast on Tuesday with eggs. Again, go to my you know website. You'll see that information. Uh, but important thing in the salad is rainbow, right? All colors. I include all colors of possible red, white, green, uh, you know, orange, so on and so forth, whatever, right? As much as possible. I script it. The important thing to remember is script your eating. Set it up in the week, maybe meal prep and all that. So that way you're not thinking, right? If you start thinking, what am I going to eat today? You know, figure it out. I'll go with the flow. That doesn't work. I mean, you can try. Maybe you're the, you know, blow flow with the guy. Great. Do it. I mean, it's up to you. You know, you got to figure out what's good for you. But if you script it, then you're not thinking. You can do the meal prep. Maybe make your salad ahead. If you're like, don't have the time, everything, whatever, salad or whatever you need to do, right? So script it. Scripting is important. Scripting your eating schedule, you know, because you, you setting up your schedule and eating it is important. I found that makes it easier. I don't have to think about it. I know what I'm going to eat um, the whole week, essentially. Uh, so, and then, you know, variation, I vary, 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 
vary it every week, you know, sometimes. Uh, but scripting food is important. And lastly, sugar and alcohol. Sugar is the number one addictive, dangerous addictive substance in the world. Forget drugs, forget cigarette, forget alcohol. Everything else is minor compared to sugar because it's the easiest thing in these days anyway, processed, right? In every freaking food, processed food, there is sugar, high fructose corn syrup, whatever, the worst thing. Sugar is the number one reason anybody gets sick, even cancer. There are a lot of studies showing sugar is the root element in every disease we get. So the faster you quit sugar, the better off you are. I'm only talking about processed sugar. Now, sugar cane, you know, like the raw brown sugar, raw, you know, unprocessed raw is a little bit better than normal sugar, but I quit even that. I replaced mine with like a monk, monk fruit sugar or maple syrup or honey. That's what I do. I mean, you can even put date syrup, so on to sweetener. Like, you know, I drink a sala chai, you know, with honey or the monk fruit sugar, monk fruit sugar, which is actually good for you. The monk fruit, it's naturally does something, something to your body that it actually processes better and does good for you. According to a lot of studies, you know, obviously studies can change and maybe things will change. I don't know, but I feel, you know, good when I do that, you know, I, it's been almost a year since I quit sugar now and I feel great. I don't crave sugar, you know, occasionally, I'm not saying occasionally, I don't, I still don't have a dessert here and there. But there's no craving. And if it's too sugary, any dessert, dessert I try certain week, ugh, doesn't sit well in my tummy. But what I've also learned is make some desserts with raw stuff, like dates and medjadul medjadul dates <laughs> and some nuts and, uh, you know, some other dry fruits and mix it with maple syrup or, you know, raw cacao powder. All that stuff, it makes a great sleep and it satisfies my craving. So there's a lot of different ways. Anyway, sugar number one, alcohol. Again, no matter if you're a moderate drinker, alcohol is very bad for your liver and your gut. It kills a lot of bacteria, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of science behind it. I know people like, oh, I'm a moderate drinker. Oh, it's okay if I drink one drink a day or I don't know, occasionally a week or once a, once a week or something. No, I quit once a week. That's how I I feel like I got into the shape. Uh, you know, I always wanted like a flat tummy, all that stuff. Even as a college athlete, I never had it till I did this in my 50s now. You know, pretty much best shape I am. I think one of the big main reasons are the fasting. Sugar, alcohol, mainly alcohol. Because I was a social drinker maybe once or twice a week, kind of deal, weekends only. Even that, I think, was you know affecting my overall, no matter what the exercises I did and all that stuff. So those are the things about food. Again, more information, go to mindshifthw.com. Lastly, exercise. About exercise, there's a lot of different uh, things you can find. Unless you're a fitness model or a bodybuilder, I think those extreme exercises of lifting heavy weights and doing all that stuff is not effective. For someone to be in good shape, 
healthy and all that stuff, exercise is important, especially resistance training, lightweight training, or I don't know, like a cord training, whatever that works your muscles. Muscles help you reverse your age or keep your age up. More you work your muscles, the better you are looking younger. It helps you a lot. It helps even the autophagy portion I mentioned to you. Um, exercise like intensifies the autophagy. Uh, so it's not needed that you got to exercise, I don't know, four or five hours, lift heavy weights. But man or woman, you have to do resistance training. And there is a David Asprey, by the way. Go look him up. He only does, I think, five minutes? Overall, 15 minutes all over the week. He has an effective exercise. The guy has freaking six-pack, muscled up, and he barely does 15 minutes a week. Like a five, three times a week, I think five, five minutes or something like that. Very effective exercise. I haven't tried it, by the way, so I don't know. I'm going to, the plan is maybe I'll go into that, try it, see how it works. Um, been exercising 15, 20 years now, so I don't know how I'll feel not exercising every day almost. Well, I work exercise six days, five to six days a week minimum. Uh, Sundays or Saturdays I take off, depending on the regiment I'm following. And important also thing is vary the exercises. I vary the exercise. Every two, three months, I change it up. I follow different routines because your body gets used to it. So it's very important not to stick to same routine. Your body is amazing. It adjusts, you know, it gets, you know, what do you call, um, adjusted to whatever routine you're there and the and the effectiveness goes away. So try to vary the routine, you know, when you're exercising and always incorporate muscle building exercises or muscle exercising exercises, essentially, that'll help keep your body fit, not only fit, but young. The more you work your muscles, the more younger your body feels. Uh, because number one reason anybody gets sick is age. That's the science now. As long as you can keep your reverse aging or keeping your age as whatever age you are, young age, the less chances of you getting sick. There's a lot of people who do a lot of research into this. Well, with that, that ends my health series. I hope this has helped people, whoever have listened. Again, I'm going to combine all the health series I did into one so people can digest if they want in one podcast or one YouTube episode versus the multiple ones. I did it for people to break it down so that way they're not like lost in all the content because I, you know, most people don't go through the extensive stuff I, I do for health. I think holistic health is important, top to bottom. I hope this served people and thank you. Please, you know, like, subscribe and share if you you know, if it provided value for you. And uh, yeah, and you know, like I said, you can consult uh, with me or reach out to me if I can, you think I can help through my website, mindshifthw.com. And we can talk at that time and future. And like I said, I might be setting up some um, webinars in future for people to ask me and talk to me. Thanks. Again, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Your support means the world to me. For more tips and tales, head over to MindShiftHW.com. Wanna chat? Let's connect on MindShiftHW.com. Schedule a session with me if you're seeking guidance 
or just good old brainstorm. Together, let's make a splash in the world, one mind shift at a time. Catch you next time.